everybody. Thanks for joining me today. Opening day for the Yankee season. On my podcast today is John Daisy. John is the paint manager of White's Lumber. White's is in Watertown, New York. That's all the way up uh, by the Canadian border. White's is a lumber yard, four locations. They just added their fifth location, paint only. So now they are going to be getting into standalone paint stores, which is interesting. That's not an unusual model. Uh, there are others that are doing that around the United States. What caused me to want to reach out to John is that White's Lumber is over 130 years old. They're one of the oldest independent retailers in the United States. And so they've got a really great history. They're really well connected in their community and cemented in their community. And I, the other thing that I wanted to talk about with John was their industrial program because the industrial products they sell, they sell from Benjamin Moore and Pittsburgh is well as Rustoleum and uh, Carbolene and, and many of the other ones. Industrial is a great opportunity for independent retailers. The retailers that I know that are really successful, the ones that are uh, really killing it on all fronts, they all have a solid industrial uh, sort of division, for lack of a better term, or at the very least a sales rep who's well-trained in these products or an owner who's well-trained in these products that really understands how to specify them and how to sell them. And, and John's team at White's is doing a really terrific job with that. And so I want you all to give a listen, like, subscribe, shoot me a text, uh, shoot me an email. Brian, put my cell number up there. Uh, let me know what it is that you want to hear. And I hope you enjoy my episode with John. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. It's Mark with me today on my podcast is John Daisy. John is the paint division manager for White's Lumber in upstate New York. John, how are you today? Good, good. You know, it's been a, a busy couple of weeks, but, you know, things are things are great. Well, unlike the rest of the country, you guys are still getting snow and selling salt. So good. Good for you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So let's get right to it. As you can see, it's opening day here in New York. So I want to, I want to wrap this up with us and I want to get the television on. You had a really interesting uh, story, which you shared with me during our prep on how you got into the business and a little bit about white. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, I'm John Daisy. Um, I was originally hired at White's Lumber just for one store to kind of be the department manager over paint in a lumber yard. Shortly thereafter, uh, I went into Benjamin Moore's OSR program or outside sales rep program. Um, and I covered the four stores that we had at that time. It was a pretty successful program and, uh, paint was moving in a direction with our company that we thought we needed a paint store. So about a year and a half into the OSR program, we started planning a paint store in Watertown also. And uh, we just opened our first standalone paint store about a almost, well, almost two years ago now. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yeah. And good for you. And for, for dealers who are not familiar with the Benjamin Moore acronyms, the OSR is the outside sales rep program. And so, John, you were hired and paid for for at least the first year and part of the second from my recollection of the program you were paid for by Benjamin Moore and, and now you're actually managing the department for for white so that's that sounds like a fabulous program to me yeah no the the program was great i highly recommend dealers looking into uh the outside sales rep program um, it really gives you an additional leverage with your competition you know creating relationships with customers beyond just over the sales counter 
You know, when I first came into the business, John, my father was still working uh, full time in the store. And, you know, we didn't really need both of us there all day, every day. And mm-hmm. I had just come out of four years as a stockbroker, which is, you know, very sales intensive. And I'd had a lot of sales training. And so I said, well, you know what, Dad, I'm going to just hit the road and, and go out and pick up, you know, whatever new business we can find. I was the first sales rep on the road in the Bronx and oh, we, wow. we crushed it. I mean, I, it was like taking candy from a baby. Now it didn't stay like that. Obviously people wised up, but having uh, sales reps on the outside is crucial in my opinion for an independent retailer because Sherwin Williams and Home Depot and frankly, even other Benjamin Moore stores are always looking to grow. And they're always looking to gain more market share, and they're going to take it from you if you don't have an outside rep out there representing. Yeah, absolutely. And from metrics we got from Benjamin Moore, I think we had about we had less than ten percent market share prior to the OSR program, and now we're you know, granted we added a paint store, but now we're about thirty three percent market share. That's Benjamin- really terrific. And that program again for dealers listening who don't know the details and and. I don't know the specific details, but basically Benjamin Moore pays for a good chunk, if not all, of the first year of an outside sales rep salary, and then also a good chunk of the second year as well. Again, I'm out of the store, so I'm not as familiar with the details, but talk to your Benjamin Moore rep if you don't have an outside sales rep. It's a great way to grow your business, and particularly for me, what I wanted to talk to you about after our prep was the effect of... Uh, having an OSR hat on your industrial business, because that's what I remember when I was a dealer. Picking up industrial business was really the easiest way to grow my business. And we actually became, at the time, one of the largest Ben Moore industrial dealers in the country, just from my efforts going out on the road. Have you had a similar experience? Absolutely. That, that's that been a primary driver of uh, of our growth, especially on in, with uh, some of our the government stuff we do, we are we are the spec for uh, for drum for their floor epoxies and stuff like that. Also became uh, they call it AMPP certified now in uh, coatings inspection. And for those that don't know, NACE and SSPC merged a few oh, years ago. I did that. I did know that. I was NACE three. Is that like a similar? Yeah. So I would be equivalent to NACE one. NACE okay. 1 and SSPC 1. Um, gotcha. So I haven't gone through the, the whole NACE 3 yet. Um, you know, managing my, my other responsibilities and whatnot, it'll take a little bit of time to get there. <laughs> um, from, from my experience, the NACE also added tremendous value or what you're, uh, uh, calling this new certification added tremendous, tremendous value, uh, when it came to closing industrial sales. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really gives you credibility um, that you you know what you're talking about and you're going to be providing the correct specifications because NACE was all about specifications, right? The data sheet is the Bible. <laughs> and so who is the customer that, that you guys are finding? You mentioned Fort Drum. That's obviously a large government contract. Are there others in that same category? Uh, I deal with uh, New York State, uh, state office building. We did there, right here in Watertown, we did a lot of epoxy projects there. We've done some work on churches like steeples. It cost about $80,000 to get scaffolding set up for this church. So mm-hmm. they wanted a system that would last a little while <laughs> when they, you know, painted it, right? Yep. So 
my competitor uh, spec'd a multi-purpose acrylic uh, latex, and you know, so we we per, we spec'd something a little little bit more expensive, but it was a, a much higher end system um, of uh, you know uh, polyamide epoxy and a polysiloxane top coat, and you know, I think that'll give their their uh, their church steeple a lot more longevity over the years, and and they agreed. And uh, and so who are the vendors for that? Are you getting all of that? I know you guys are a Benjamin Moore dealer. I can see it on your shirt, and we talked about that a little bit. Are you getting all of those products from Benjamin Moore, or are you dealing with other industrial vendors? So we – I would say right now the lion's share of our business is Benjamin Moore uh, in the Corotech line. They do a great job with the with the polyamides. They have the aliphatic urethanes. You know, they have some really good primers. So I've done a lot with them. Uh, we are also PPG, so we deal a little bit with, like, the Amarlock and PSX 700 and those type of and things. That was always considered a, a probably the best uh, industrial line that was available to retailers. Uh, PPG. Is that still the case? Um, I would say PPG is most probably well known for, uh, industrial. Um, yeah. PPG does a great job with their industrial line and they're constantly evolving. Uh, yeah. the last couple of years, it's been difficult getting supply as everybody knows. And, yeah. uh, PPG has treated us pretty good. Um, they try to get us the products that we need, be it, you know, mercury down in your area, right? They, oh, they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They kind of set them up as a distributor for a little They're while. They're a distributor down here. Are they still doing that? They were. I haven't gotten anything from them in a while. Um, of course, we had the corporate stores that we were getting stuff from if, if yeah. the, you know, distribution centers didn't have it. We kind of pivoted where we could, you know. I mean, that's – I think that's what everybody did, though, right? If you couldn't yeah. get – your Amarlock, then you went to, you know, V400 or you went to, you know, Farbaline, for instance. So it was wherever. more a matter of who, who had the product. That's who got the sale. Exactly. Yep. And so I wanted to talk about, I, I know whites. The reason I reached out to you is I saw something on LinkedIn that whites goes back 130 years. And so I thought I'd, I'd love to get a little bit of that history if you don't mind sharing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so the White's Lumber has been in business since 1892, so it's a little over 130 years now. Uh, we just had our 130th anniversary last year, and it's been in the same family for 130 years. I think we're on our fifth generation. They really let me run the paint division, which is great. They trust me, and we we all, uh, you know, get along pretty good that way. <laughs> Well, now all you need is a daughter, and you got job security. One of the owner's daughters, maybe. <laughs> uh, don't tell my wife that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a long time to be in one community. You guys are in Watertown. How is that connection to the Watertown community? It's it's great. People that have been here their whole lives. I mean, they they've grown up with whites. You know, it was their father's uh, hardware store, lumber yard, right? So it's. Yep. Um, or their grandfathers. So, you know, it's, we have generational customers and it's, it's really great. And it's, you know, the, when I first started at White's, which was about five years ago, um, it kind of reminded me of Cheers, you know, the old TV show Cheers where everybody knows your name, right? right. So, <laughs> so like I, we have hundreds of customers, obviously. Um, but most of the customers, most of our sales reps know by name. 
you know, so, and, and vice versa, the customers all know the employees and they, they notice when employees, you know, aren't there or something's off with an employee or something like that. So it's a really good relationship that we have with the community. You know, the business that I sold, I don't know if I mentioned this during the prep, uh, my family's business was 112 years old, uh, when I, when I sold it. And even now I still have to go back from time to time. I still own the building. So I have to, you know, I was there last week for a new insurance company to take some pictures and stuff. And, uh, the people in the neighborhood still associate me with the paint business. I still see them. They still, uh, that business had been in that spot for so many years. Like I said, over a century in the Bronx, you yeah. really get connected to the neighborhood. You know, the, the little league teams were, you know, had Tremont Payne and the, the top Warner football. You know, Tremont Payne, and you really get connected to the neighborhoods. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just wanted to talk about one other thing before we wrap it up. We had talked about during our prep, you, you mentioned earlier, you have one new paint store and you might have some interest in some other stores. What are some of the challenges that you face? You really have two businesses. You have a hardware business and a lumber business. What are some of the challenges that you face as far as keeping your people trained and ready to do the job as it relates to that? We kind of mostly separate the business a little bit. Um, we, I, I'm the paint division manager, so I, I have paint people that re- report to me in each store um, and also the paint store. Uh, so we do weekly trainings to try to keep them up to date. Um, it, they're pretty short trainings, but we do like, you know, teams meetings and things like that to, to try to keep everybody on the same page. I try to visit the stores as much as I can to be in person and help train, train our in-store people. So that, that's kind of how we deal with it on, on the paint side and on the hardware lumber side. It's pretty much the same thing. You know, we have window vendors come in and do seminars. We have flooring vendors come in and do seminars. Uh, sometimes I have some paint people go to those because it kind of crosses over into our world a little bit. Training to me is probably the thing that independent retailers think the least about that could have the biggest impact on their business. People are always surprised. I'm working with a two-store dealer now on a consulting project. And one of the things that we're doing is setting an agenda for regular team meetings. Like every two weeks, we're going to get together and talk about something every two weeks. And he actually, the dealer actually gave me a little pushback, but listen, if you don't tell your employees what their job is and how you want them to do it, how are they going to know? And, and in the absence of you telling them good job or how to do their job, then all it's going to get is frustration. All that will happen is frustration for them. When you come in and say, Hey, it's not going the way I wanted it to. I didn't know. Right, exactly. Yeah, so if you don't set clear expectations, then... Yeah, so those team meetings are a great place to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're they're great for communication, great for, you know, just digging in. And, I mean, a lot of times we'll go product-specific. Sometimes we'll just have a discussion and say, this is what's going on in the industry. This is what's going on in, you know, our areas. And we cover... We have five stores now, and yep. we cover from Pulaski pretty much, which is just north of Syracuse, to uh, just about Plattsburgh. So we have a pretty wide reach. That's wide, actually. Yeah, that's a couple hundred miles right there. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we deal with customers pretty much everywhere in between there. So our demographics aren't all the same either. So we kind of discuss some of the challenges that we, we yeah. have in those demographics. Makes makes training that much more important. Well, what a terrific, terrific way to end it. John Daisy of, of White's Paint and Lumber in upstate New York. Thank you so much uh, for making yeah. a few minutes and being on my show today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Mark. And thank you for having me on your show. And uh, I'd like to thank all the employees and owners of White's Lumber also for, you know, making all this possible. 